You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, here with Daniel and Kelly. In today's car ride's worth of content, we are going to be discussing when crisis comes into your ministry. But before we jump into all of that, I want to know, what are you guys loving today? Well, just on our way here, we had a hard time getting into the room to podcast (laughs) because there are so many people that want to talk and our office culture is great right now. Yeah. We love our staff. We just had a staff day this week or this past week and um, everybody just gets along. We have this um, book that we just read about being humble, hungry, and smart. It's a Patrick Lencioni book, The Ideal Team Player. And I feel like we have that among our staff members right now. We have people that are humble, hungry, and smart and fun to talk to. And we have good professional and personal friendships on our staff. It's just a great group right now. We all care about each other. I love that too. Yeah, it is nice. But I am also loving this new app that Sean on our staff introduced us to, Blinkist, where you can blink, Blinkist, you get a blink of a book, a nonfiction book. So it's an app that you can listen to um, like the best points of a book in 15 minutes. So you feel like you can read. It It just eliminates like some of the storytelling. It's Mm -hmm. all nonfiction. I haven't tried it yet, but I want to. It sounds interesting. How many books have you read since yesterday? I read two this morning. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Feels so smart. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. It's awesome. I'm I'm loving all those. Well, I'm loving staff culture. Haven't tried Blinkist yet. It's on my list. Yeah. That'll be next time my, what I'm loving probably. But I am also loving... Daniel introduced me to caramel M&M's. Mm. Oh my gosh, they're addicting. They are so good. Daniel, you're not a big candy eater. I like candy. Oh, you do? I just try not to eat it very much, tooth, but yeah. I do have a super sweet tooth. But those caramel M&M's, man. Mm. Do you have some today? They're in, no, we they're finished in Daniel's them off. <laughs> so okay. see, I do like candy. Okay. Yeah. You just eat we it just... in secret then, because mm-hmm. I only see you eating healthy food. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... False. I'll Give off a public front yeah. eating healthy food yeah. and then good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking when crisis comes into your ministry. And crises are moments in life when everything seems to stop. And when our teens have those moments, we leverage those times not to take advantage at all of the situation that they're in, but it's an opportunity to comfort them, an opportunity to engage with them, what's going on in their life. And it's a bit of an opening for God in their life a lot of times. Yeah. And again, not to manipulate or take advantage of anybody, but that is how we as Catholic Christians deal with crisis. And so when uh, somebody is in crisis and they're in need and they're asking for support and help, that's how we're going to offer it. We're going to offer it through... Jesus. Yeah, it's the moment when you can most turn to Christ sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we say leverage, it almost sounds like we're manipulative mm-hmm. or we're mm-hmm. using using these moments to our advantage. It's not that. It's just that there's a more of an openness to God in those moments. And we categorize, there's a couple of different types of crisis that we're talking about. We're just going to generally categorize them in two ways. There's internal crises and external. An internal crisis is 
when a teen makes a bad decision and this causes a crisis of conscience or confidence. Mm. So this will happen when a teen really for the first time recognizes their own, own mortality. Teens feel invincible to some degree, but they do something really stupid and it causes an accident or an injury or something. And they recognize that they are human. They're frail. They are going to die at some point. And this is this huge life moment. Nothing else matters. Everything seems to stop. Um, and yeah, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Because I feel like another one, an internal uh, type of crisis, is just when you've made a bad decision and you disappoint people. Mm-hmm. Because so far, God help me, my kids have not made the big crisis bad decision. Um, maybe they will. But they've made lots of decisions where they disappoint other people. Yeah, and that, little ones. like brings them down and I've seen girls in my small group also just be just um totally defeated for making a decision that disappointed their parents or even their Mm -hmm. friends absolutely so maybe those are little mini or micro crises yes agreed yes but just as important I think to leverage it's a moment yeah yeah Mm -hmm. learning moments sure um we had an incident last year uh at our retreat where about 40 or 50 of our teens went and spray painted some really bad stuff and some just kind of walked up and joined in the fun and spray painted their name all we, over We were on a retreat, so we were we not were on our own property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was like a huge cement pad that had like a gaga pit and some picnic tables and they spray painted all over all it. it. And we handled it as really? best we could in the moment. Looking back, I think there's a lot of things that we could have and would have done differently. Um, but it was a crisis moment. Mm-hmm. Another one um, was an incident that happened when I was at another church in Seattle. And, and we had this tradition where the teens would go and pick up the new leadership teens and bring them back to church. And this was the only time of year that we had the teens drive as part of the event. And one of them, even with a pep talk about driving the speed limit and everything that I gave them, they went out and drove 70 in a 35 and flipped their car. Um, and this was the first time that all of this group had gathered and everybody was really shaken up. Thank God, somehow the three teens that were in the car, which rolled, um, oh walked gosh. away without a scratch. They were fine. They all wow. had their seatbelts on. I they guess. all had their seatbelts on. Yeah. Wow. But it was still um, a crisis moment. And how do you use that as a teachable moment to continue to learn? So Absolutely. those are internal crises. The next Um, type of crisis is an external crisis. And this is something that's outside of your control. So this is typically death, injury, illness, uh, maybe parents that are divorcing or some sort of life change that's probably going to be more of a permanent thing or at least a long-term thing. Um, So it may happen to the teen or it may happen to somebody around them, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's an external thing. It's outside of their control. Um, a couple of examples of this. We had a family uh, a little while ago at our church who lost their 23-year-old daughter really suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was healthy, had, had nothing that was that would have indicated that her death was imminent. She was just getting ready to um, take her, her graduate um, test to go back to school. And and she died really suddenly. The family needed all kinds of support in that moment. And they had a small group that arranged for um, the care of the family, meals. They arranged for the funeral. They brought a care team from our church in to meet them. Um, but it was something that was outside of their control, but it turned into this really big 
pivotal moment in their lives. Um, and we were able to help in some way in, in keeping the focus on, on God, which is the only place that we can really turn in those moments. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's not much you can do or say that makes them feel any better. Um, another person who in our parish, um, really struggled a little while ago, he was diagnosed with cancer, a, a spouse of one of our staff members. And we were able to, um, just kind of surround them with a lot of things that they needed. And, and he's come through and is back at church and has this amazing story to share too. And thankfully their faith was already very strong leading mm -hmm. into that experience. So there are different ways to handle internal and external crises. And we think that they're a little bit different just in our experience with these things. So with an internal crisis, this is where you really want to help a teen to navigate the moral implications of the decisions that they're making. Um, so when we handle an internal crisis, um, we want to earn the right to be there during these moments. So this family, the Johnsons that lost their 23 year old daughter, the whole reason that their small group was able to step in was because of the investment that they'd made in that group over the years, the Johnsons and their group members to be able to come together in those moments of crisis. So that's an external problem, but the idea of investing in the relationship far in advance of a crisis happening is really important. Mm -hmm. I think it's maybe yeah. even... Go small groups. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Small groups help you with that yeah. tremendously. So when we're talking about an internal crisis, I think the first step is that we have to process through it with the people that it's happening to. So we were just saying it's different for guys versus girls. So Kelly, yeah. when you deal with this <laughs> with the girls in your small group, some may be internal processors, some yeah. may be external. Absolutely. They may talk through it or just need right. to think about it. Right. You so might you have to like, that? well, you just have to, you have to know, right, if they're external or internal. And, you know, obviously I'm an external processor, so I can recognize those very easily. It's the internal processors that I have more trouble with. But you just have to give them some time and check back in, I think. Ask them a couple questions, let them go process, mm -hmm. and then check back in. And having that relationship built prior to whatever crises they're going through is how you're able to observe and know right. if they're external or internal. You yeah. already know them well enough to be able to tell if something's wrong and they're being a little quiet and processing it, or right. if they're coming straight to you because yeah. you have the relationship already. But that's girls. What about the boys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, as boys, I think both girls and boys are very, very aware of their peers and they want to appear in a certain way. Mm -hmm. But I think with boys, that awareness only goes so far. <laughs> a lot of times they don't realize <laughs> the moral implications of something. Like so great. for instance, I had a small group one time that talked about getting nudes on their phone and they didn't even realize they that like glossed over that part of the story sort of moral implication with that. Wow. Um, so they'll talk about something and they don't realize that they've done anything wrong, mm. that they've, uh, you know, gone against mm -hmm. anybody's dignity as a human person. Um, and so you have to call them on it. You can't just let it fester. And it may not be calling out in front of the group. Sometimes it is, but it may be going back to them afterwards, too, and saying, hey, do you see anything that would be concerning about this? Like, what do you do with the nudes after you have them on your phone? You have to follow the trail with them a little bit more yeah. and spell it out. Whereas I think girls see that. Just asking those questions easier. is amazing. You know what I mean? Like Get if somebody in high school asked me a question about some of the decisions I made, it just the question might have changed my decision. But 
no one ever did, which is why I love youth ministry. So in processing an internal crisis with somebody, you have to go through that process with them. And it's different for each person, internal, external processing, how you ask the questions, Mm -hmm. um, all of that. But asking a lot of questions is key. Um, you can't let them settle for shallow answers. You yeah. got to mm-hmm. continue to dig deeper and become a master of follow-up questions. Um, another part of this is that you have to look for the right time and ask for that time. Even sometimes it's necessary to say, like, can I, you know, meet with you for an hour, 15 minutes, whatever it is, or pull them aside after the group. Sometimes you have to ask for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody told me one time, any conversation, but I think this especially applies uh, when we're talking about this sort of thing, that you have to have the right time, place, manner, and intensity about the way you approach something. Time, place, manner, and intensity. Um, And it might not even be you that has the conversation. You might have to pass it on to somebody who does have that relationship with them. You don't have the relationship, whether you're a youth minister or a volunteer, you may not have that relationship with every single teen. In fact, I can tell you, you don't have that relationship with every single teen. (laughs) Right. Um, But there is somebody who hopefully does Mm -hmm. and is able to speak that truth into their life. Um, But whoever it is, be sure that they know you have their best interests at heart. Um, And then just the last couple of things with internal crises here, pray together and make a plan to move forward with them. Great. All right. Let's talk for a few minutes about external crises and what we can do there. I, I love this because I'm so bad at this generally when someone is mm. having external crisis a death in the family or um a diagnosis something like that i want to solve for them i want to tell them what to do and i just i've only just learned in the past couple of years to just listen and comfort and just be present we don't even have to say anything sometimes just sit and listen that's new for me Yeah, and it's hard because we do want to solve their problems a lot of the time. Um, If you look at the story of Jesus with Martha and Mary, their brother Lazarus dies and Jesus comes to them. He comes purposefully, the scripture makes it pretty clear, after Lazarus dies. He could have been there before he died, but he comes after and he raises him from the dead, which you're welcome to do, but we typically are not able to. (laughs) Um, And they're weeping, they're hysterical. They say some things that probably come from their emotion and their mourning, but he patiently listens and he waits to speak to them about it. He doesn't tell them about the mystery of it or how God's going to work through these things. Um, He very carefully picks his words. And I think that's really important to keep in mind, to listen to comfort, to be present. But you don't necessarily need to say anything until you're invited to. Mm yeah. And that's that hard. It's really hard. We have to that's learn how to hold really our tongue. Hard. Yeah. And so, I mean, I was watching a friend of mine, her her daughter's boyfriend. She was like having a really bad moment. She struggles with some mental illness. And um, my friend just wants to solve and talk and talk her out of it. And her boyfriend just put his arm on her back. And that was it. And just sat there with her. Oh. And it's what calmed her down. It was amazing. It was amazing, mm-hmm. like learning for me and for my friend. Just... That's all she needed in that moment was mm-hmm. someone to be there. Just be there. Just and be, be quiet. There. Be, yeah. be there with her. And to realize your your place in their life. You don't need to try to be family or insert yourself where you mm-hmm. don't belong. There are some situations where you may be the person to comfort them, but there are some other ones where you can kind of remain on the periphery and just let them know that you're there, yeah. that you care. Um, and little things and reminders go a long way in these instances cards, especially handwritten cards, not just Mm -hmm. an email or a text, 
um, bringing them a meal, a visit, those sort of things go a long way in external crises. Yeah. In prayer, just being able to say that you're praying for someone who's going through an external crisis can go such a long way when you're not really in the position to intervene and right. you want to help in some way, but you don't really know how to. One of our ministers here is going through a personal crisis facing some illness, and she was so moved knowing that everyone was praying for her. She mm -hmm. went to Mass on Sunday, and everybody was coming up to her saying, I'm praying for you. You're on my prayer list. My small group's praying for you. People, uh. she doesn't even know very well, and she was so moved by it. So you don't have to necessarily be there, but you can still be there. Yeah. So let's close here with um, a win. And this is a win that I just heard about from our parish from a few years ago. One of our um, members who is now on our parish council, when they first, it was a couple that moved into the Baltimore area. And so they were new, they were pregnant, and um, they found out that they, uh, the baby was not going to survive past mm. birth for very long. So the baby was born, but, but survived a couple of weeks. Um, so new to the area, they don't have family here. They didn't at that point. And their family was not able to fly in because a snowstorm hit the area that they were coming from. And so this couple was left with mm. their newborn baby in a new area um, and no family to attend the funeral. Oh. Um, and they had a little service here. I don't think you guys even know the no, story. Heartbreaking. No, I don't. So, never heard this. So what happened was um, our priest, Father White, um, saw that this was happening and he came into the office and he said, here's the situation we need as a staff to all go. And so the staff came and it still, you know, was a sort of meager offering, um, but it filled the place up a little bit more and they could feel supported mm -hmm. at least slightly in this moment of crisis. Um, and that was when they knew that it was going to be their church. And there are these very engaged people that um, we just had lunch with this weekend and I wasn't there for that. Where was I? Yeah. And I know. It's an amazing moment. Where I was either. That's really yeah, just a really cool mm. moment. You don't have those all the time, but when you do have them, you have to leverage these moments to bring people into relationship um, with the one who can heal them and it's not us. Mm. Amen. Amen. On that note, thanks for joining us today on Uprising. We love you guys. Join us next time when we will be telling you the one thing you want to get out of confirmation.